Welcome to One More and We All Go. I'm Frank. I'm Brad. I'm Roger. Roger, good to see you again. Uh, this is uh, this is my brother-in-law, Roger, uh, coming to us live from the porch in uh, Stillwater, Oklahoma. So, Roger, how you been doing, sir? Haven't seen you in Coon's age. I'm good. Just living life, you know, taking it one day at a time. Well, we're happy to have you on with us. So, we're going to start back way at the beginning like we always do, Frank. This will be good because I've, I've never met Roger. All right. Well, so, Roger, like we said, uh, so way back to your childhood, what are your earliest memories? Where did you grow up? How many brothers and sisters you got? Were your parents good to you? They hit you a lot? All that stuff. Let's start right there. All right. Well, I grew up in a little town called Piedmont, Missouri. Uh, right south of Papa Bluff, probably population about 3,000, something like that. I have uh, two, a brother and two sisters. My brother's deceased, and uh, my mom and dad are still both alive. Uh, my mom lives here in Oklahoma. My dad still lives in Piedmont. And uh, it was a normal uh, back in the 70s growing up. Yeah, I beat the hell out of you when you did something wrong. <laughs> like June and Ward Beaver? Yeah, and I always said my dad beat the flight out of me. I didn't have a fight or flight. I had only, you know, he beat the flight. Uh, but no, I was good. I didn't know any different. Truthfully, you know, we, we all messed up and knew that we had consequences when we did. So so what did your dad do? Well, he was, uh, for years, he, he did medical sales. He sold medical supplies and different things. He was a hoodlum, pretty much. You know. So he's he's got a secret family in, like, Utah, then? Probably, probably. <laughs> he actually uh, was, when I joke about being a hoodlum, he was, he was honoring. Um, probably, he, him and my mom got divorced, well, I'd say probably when I was probably six or seven. He moved to Texas and got remarried, and I got a sister, a half-sister through that. Ashley, she's a school teacher in, uh, up by Amarillo. But he moved back, and I, I started living with him when I was 12 or 13. But he actually went to prison. When I was 15, spent 20-something years in prison for shooting a guy. No kidding. So, Did the guy earn it? Uh, he earned it. He paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a bad I mean, it wasn't going to be on the deal, but they had, it was a little bar fight uh, type thing, and it got ugly, and there were shots done and everything. So I, I came to Oklahoma. You, well, don't, you don't bring fists to a gunfight. No, no, but that, that that brings up a story. So just up the road from us, there was a drive-by shooting a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and the guy only got charged twenty five hundred dollars for shooting up a house, you know, and they were kind of considering attempted murder, but uh, pretty pretty lo- cheap. I thought. Yeah. I mean, I think you can just run around shooting places up for twenty five hundred bucks. That's you know, that's cheap. It's like a hundred bucks a bullet or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It definitely changed. I mean, like, and that probably truthfully back then, uh, which he he. He'd fled, and he was gone for a year before they ever caught him. So I think that was probably most of why he, you know, spent as much time as he did, which he was a repeat repeat felon, so that didn't help either. But but that brought me to Oklahoma. I actually came out here when I was uh, into my sophomore year and finished up my junior and senior year at Stillwater in here. So I've been here ever since. Oh, nice. Is it, what are you, Roger, about 47? 50. Holy 50. crap. That's... Be fifty one in about uh, eleven days, actually. All right. Well, well, happy birthday if we don't see you. So, yep. so you got through childhood. Your dad's a felon, and what, what's <laughs> what's mom do? Mom, uh, she she school taught for a while. She's retired now. She lives over in Yale, which is about uh, thirty miles from here, and she's just a housewife now. But she she retired. She was a school teacher, and then she cooked. You know, did cafeteria stuff and. Just, she's a good mom, you know, just lived her life. She's she didn't shoot as many people? 
No, no, she's she's the she's the mild part of the. All right, all right. <laughs> so yeah, how long were you in Missouri? Tell you about fifteen, you said. Yeah, fifteen. I I left there, like I said, probably eighty five something, eighty something like that. Yep. Yeah, I was two. Yeah, well, that's because you're a pup. <laughs> so, what what'd you start doing when you got back to Oklahoma? You went to high school. Did you do any college over there, or what did you do yeah, back in I Oklahoma? Went to, I went to college for a little bit, um, but I did, when I got back here, my stepdad, he ran a construction company uh, here in Stillwater. He was uh, built bridges and dirt work stuff. So, I started working for him on in the summertime while I was going to school, and uh, went to college for a year here at OSU and uh, decided that I couldn't really make any money doing that. So then I started working construction for him, uh, just concrete work, eventually worked my way up to be an operator, that kind of stuff, and worked for him until probably 92 or 3. And then I went to work at a little flooring company here in Stillwater called Armstrong. They made vinyl flooring. I worked the night shift there, and I bought a little dozer and a, a backhoe and started my own business called Rudd's Dozer Service. We started doing building pads and septics and water lines and sewer lines and developments, and then it just kept getting bigger from there. Because so. I was telling Frank, I mean, every time I talk to you, I've known you for, what, six, eight years now? Something like that. I find out something new about you. fascinating every time I talk to you. There's always another story. And So there was, you had an accident with one of your crew on the a dozer job, didn't it? A trench caved in on them or something, right? On a trench job? Yeah, yeah the right uh Christmas, probably about 2007 or 8, we were doing a development project over in Stillwater, and uh, we had been putting in a sewer line, and a paving crew came in and, and hit one of the cleanouts uh, on the sewer, and our guys got over there and was trying to fix it, and it was like in a 14-foot ditch, and, and one of my guys got down there, and the ditch caved off in him and messed him up, but what messed him up worse was the guy trying to get him out with the track over you know broke his leg off pretty much Dude. and that was a, it was a bad deal yeah so, that'll do it yeah yeah well, he uh he was good it was an accident it was good he's a good guy and everything but he he did he it hurt him and after that i i started phasing out of that and i actually went into the uh outdoor business believe it or not so i went from there and i had a company called bone science uh and we were in the outdoor wildlife stuff we had a tv show on the, the sportsman channel called the amateurs and we did deer hunting. I had a, a nutritional product made for whitetails, well, any kind of ruminant, basically. Put a patent on it, sold it in Walmart, and we did all the, the stuff. So, Well, it, it was, he talks about this like it's not a big deal, but we're down there in his garage playing. He's got tranquilizer guns, 30 caliber <laughs> uh, air rifles you can blow a groundhog's head, head off with at a quarter mile, and he's got all kinds of cool toys. I, He's yeah, he's got all this cool stuff. I mean, that's a that's a weird transition from a, a dirt moving company into oh, by the way, I made this concoction to get white tails all horny. Yeah, well, actually, what happened was my my degree was going to be in soil science. So, I when I went to school, I was going to do that. So then the dirt, as you guys know, they kind of transitioned, and then I started doing some soil profiles when I was in the dirt business for septic systems and stuff like that, and it started intriguing me. Uh, to investigate a little bit more but actually what started my intriguement with the nutritional product was we were on an antelope hunt in new mexico uh as one know, does yeah at 2006 or so and and as you guys know out there when there you wouldn't think a grasshopper could live out there i mean it was just unbelievable drought area 
and the guy was talking at 50,000 acres, but he grew some of the, the biggest antelope around. And I was talking to him about it, and I was like, I don't get it. I mean, there's nothing for him to live out here. And he was telling me how his his farm back hundreds of years ago, a volcano had erupted, and he had a bunch of volcano ash, and the minerals in his soil was high, and that's why his antelope were bigger. You know, they were getting mineral from the ground. That Better feed. Even, yeah, so that kind of got me started in thinking, well, you know, it, it is what's in there. You know, there's some, there's something to that. And so I invented this product or worked through it and ended up patenting it, and it was called a mineral delivery system. But we could put it on the grass or you could put it on your field and, you know, what on your feet or whatever. Trinkum. And it just basically it enhanced the room. Then. So we dealt with a company right up there kind of by you guys. It was called Diamond V. They make uh, yeast culture, and they, they have, yeah. yeah. You're not. No, I'm not familiar. <laughs> no, I've seen them. I really have. Well, they, yeah, I mean, yeast is a big thing. I mean, hell, it's in the beer, every, you know, anything. But they they actually are designing the the livestock industry. They're a big feed company, and they helped me design a, a product that a white tail's ruminant stomach is a little different than a cow's. It's not near. Doesn't have the ruminant mass. So when you put something in there, it has to act a little bit faster work, you know. So we developed that over a few years. Really didn't ever have the intention to go into the outdoor industry as far as the hunting industry like that. I mean, I always was a hunter and that kind of stuff. But that was kind of how we started selling it. And that's how that I was telling Angie a minute ago, the last podcast I was ever on, this is the second. So you guys, I was on the Willie Robinson podcast. Well, this, this one's got to be at least in your top 10 then, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure this has got at least, you know, a couple more followers than that one. <laughs> yeah, we've got seven in Belgium. Are we yeah, up to eight yet? We're up to eight. I think we 10, get... 10 total downloads. We're in seven countries, Roger. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big deal. Our other brother-in-law, Jake Marshall, told me the other day, you called him out on it. He was fired up. Happier than a dog with two dicks. <laughs> <laughs> well, he loves to hear his name in the lights. <laughs> yeah. When you guys started yeah. your hunting company and you had this, you started doing high fence deer and stuff with the same company, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what we did was I, in the, in the process, process of that a little different than cows you can't you have to have test animals so i i did the high fence to have to test our product in and then turned it into a business basically bringing people in to high fence hunt and we did the elk and yep. that kind of stuff yep yeah so, so roger did you say that the business name was bone science yeah bone science and we had uh it sounds like a porno that's definitely a porn company yeah well you'll you're even gonna love it more when you hear the name of the product it's <laughs> bone to bone <laughs> did you guys come up with that on your own yeah we actually did it was you know we probably had a little start. so we had, we had that product we had a couple of, we had a couple other products called bonehead spring and summer and but our other product that probably would have thrown us over a little bit over the hump we had a dog biscuit that we called hero and it had uh, phil robinson the duck commander dad yep. he was on the box and uh, so we had that product. We got it in Walmart. Uh, the, not the dog biscuit. We got the other product in Walmart with uh, through a company called Wild Game Innovations. That's in the. They kind of partnered up with us. Got us into Walmart. Everybody's always like, "Oh, that should have been the, you know, the win-win." But it it was kind of like having a tiger by the tail. You know, yep. you. Or we got into thirty-something hundred stores with our first deal, and their first order was ninety thousand units. Which you know, oh, that's great. It cost us about half a million to build that ninety thousand units. Right. So 
17 days later, they were ready for another 125. So I hadn't even been paid for that. <laughs> 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 had to come up with another 700000 to build the next product. So, you know, it, it become too big and uh, eventually sold it out and should have sold out in the beginning because it was, it, you got to have some power to, to run that. So. To play with Walmart? Yeah, well, any of that stuff. You know, they they on a 28-day or 30-day pay cycle, and, you know, it's just hard to, to roll it. And, and on a commodity like that, they won't hardly borrow, start, you, know, borrow you any money, 50%. You, know, you, you could have been on Shark Tank. Yeah. So I gotta yeah. say, so is is Bone Science still around? Is there still the Bone component to, in on the shelves, or? Yeah, they uh, Wild Game and another guy named uh, I think it was Tales of the Hunt. Some other guy bought it, and they started branding it. Basically, they would just say "Powered by Bone Science" because it was a patented product. You see it a little bit now and then. Uh, I've seen it in Academy or a bag with that powered by bone science on it. And, but, you know, it's kind of a – the hunting industry is kind of a fad thing. And believe it or not, it's like they'll take the same product and just change the bag, you know, it, it, with a new sponsor or whatever yep. on it. So it could be the same product. They just have it named, you know, different. But I'd like to get a pair of uh, – I'd like to get a pair of underwear that say powered by bone science. Yeah. Yep. You know, there's probably a lot more. There's probably a different version of bone demonium we could make, Brad. <laughs> well, yeah. You could probably still get some rights to the to the name, can't you, and just use it, or they won't know. Oh, yeah, probably not. We, the hell, they don't. As long as we sell under 90,000 units, it won't even come across the radar. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, that Iowa, up there in Iowa, you know, that's right where the corn's made. So they don't even care. No. That's where... No. So, oh, it was... It was fun. I mean, it, it was. Uh, I always say I've had a lot of things, but they're all bought lessons. You know, I paid for everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They weren't cheap lessons. It doesn't sound like. So one of the other things came across my radar, Roger. And I think it was probably about in that timeline. You told me a story once about playing cards. How far have you ever gone playing cards? Well, I played in the World Series, uh, 2008. Got down to 235th. But hold on, there's a long story how you got that far, which I really liked. It was equ- equally good. Oh, shit. Which which part? I don't even remember which part was the good part. Well, you said you had a card club with your gang of buds, and then... Oh, oh we did that. We used to play poker every every month or every twice a month. We'd have a big poker tournament out at my house. And so we, a bunch of us guys that played in it, there was about 10 or 12 of us. At times, there'd be 30 or 40. But we'd take the winnings of that, that night, and we'd put together. And then at the end of the year, we played... And the person that won got that money, and it was enough to buy the, the World Series seat. So it was ten thousand dollars back then. Nice. So I don't. But so I won that and did that. That was fun. I mean, it was. Uh, you know, it makes it three or four days long, so it's kind of a hard uh, deal. But as you know, my poker skills kind of suck because I think last time you were here, I. I had about a seventeen hundred dollar IOU to you. <laughs> well, we were playing one of those numbers games, weren't we? That was uh, hit it or quit it, and you either double or nothing. Uh, I mean, before I, Angie laughed, she was pissed. Remember, she wouldn't. She's still the house. I remember. She's so stupid. I don't know why he does that. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I played uh, cards for money with Brad was at my bachelor party. Let, let me say that again: my bachelor party, and I lost two hundred dollars. Yep. <laughs> It was that was the cheapest night of your it, life. It since, really was. Since then, it's gone up from there. Yeah. So, Roger, what what was next? And how long ago was it you played in the poker series? Yeah, I think it was two thousand eight, two thousand seven or eight. Yeah. So, what goes along with that story that's out there just to your south? 
in your garage. Uh-huh. You got that table out in your garage. Probably and- not. So after that, so it was several years later. It was probably like 2011 or 12. I was in Vegas. I used to go out there quite a bit. Some friends of mine, a buddy of mine has an international dealership and stuff out there. But, we play, but a friend of mine got me some of the tabletops from the World Series in 2008, some of the actual poker tabletops, the cloth. And I have a table in my shop with one of those tops. And then I have another one up in storage there where it's got everybody signed, like Bill Brunson and a bunch of guys on it. So. Yeah, it was not, we yeah. played cards on it, and he's like, yeah, I probably lost money on this before. <laughs> not $1,700. Yeah. Well, yeah, you got a whole you got a whole casino out there because you got a slot machine, a roulette table, a poker table, and, and didn't you say at one point it was illegal to own a privately owned roulette table? Yeah, before they had, back, I don't know, back when I bought that, you know, truthfully, you weren't even supposed to have it in Oklahoma because that was when they didn't have the ball. I don't know what that whole deal was, but they used to play roulette here in Oklahoma with the cards, like it was a card wheel. And then I think something changed and they went to the ball. But I have had that. I, I came out of the the Tahoe in Las Vegas. They were doing a demo. A friend of mine was in construction, and I got the roulette wheel from there. Nice. So. It, it rolls good yeah. like a champ. It's pretty fun. So That's my favorite game still. I never win on it, but it's still well, uh, so Frank may not know this. This is the one we got that giant ice machine from. Yeah, no, I was going to – I thought about uh, bringing that up. But, yeah, so explain the ice machine. Yeah, why the hell do you have five ice makers that make 3,000 pounds a day? Okay, so that's another <laughs> one. Uh, uh, you know, see, I, I have one theory. They say nine out of ten small businesses fail. I'm just going to do 11 or 12. <laughs> so – I had this little creative idea that I was going to uh, have a little ice business where it's a delivery type ice business. And actually, Brad, now since you said that, I'm just in the process of buying a building, and I'm going to set it up in Stillwater and do some trial runs with the game day. Nice. So, but my concept is uh, we just deliver ice to like the beach when people are out there deliver our game days. You fill up the cooler. So I bought those ice machines. I was on a job up in Kansas City, and we actually took those ice machines out of a Costco. Uh, they were the seafood displays, and so I bought all those with that business venture in mind. And, and Brad was down here, and he, he told me how bad that you, you guys need to stay cool up there. So we we sent one up there. I, I was in there this morning. It works like a champ. We had our rodeo last week, and it fell a little bit behind. We ended up buying like twenty bags of ice, but yeah, we we got our money out of it. That's for sure. Good, good. That's some good ice too. It's popular. But it was also a 105 degrees on yeah. the heat index, so it had a lot of work to do to keep up. And we were we went through what uh, uh, 95 cases of beer or something. Yeah, whatever it was. So Easily. yeah, we were putting it down. Not just they me and Frank. There was more people there. They say the ambience on those are supposed to be like 95. I think it's like their efficiency, you know, where they make what they're supposed to do or something. Oh, at 95 degrees. Yeah, that's like their peak. You know, they'll make what they're supposed to make at that, but if oh. it gets hotter. Well, so, damn. See, like, we need to enclose I, the, the little ice circle there and put an air conditioner in. Yeah, because that condenser puts out a lot of heat. Yeah. No, enough about ice machines. What, what's your next big memory? What what comes along here? 2008 now. You just got done a World Series of Poker. You haven't met Angie yet. You're still with that old hag, which actually she's a sweetheart from what I hear, so I'm not going to say that. But uh, <laughs> so, so what's next on the radar for Roger Rudd? Uh, well, see, I, I was in the, I went to the, had the construction business, went into the outdoor business. And then I kind of just, uh, well, I was married and I got divorced in 2011 from the old hag you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> then I, I just ran a skid steer and dozer around by myself. I just kind of run that business for a while. And then in 
2014, my brother and I started a tank business, oil field tank, which my brother was in the, the oil field, built the oil field storage tanks and stuff, and I was still in the dirt business. So we kind of combined our forces and opened a company called Direct Tank Services. And so we were building oil field storage tanks and doing dirt work and stuff. And we did that for a few years. Well, we did it until 2018, and we were working down in Lone Star, Texas, uh, in a facility called Lone Star Petroleum. And Labor Day weekend, actually a week or two from now, and a tank next to us, my brother and I were on a tank that we had just built a new tank, and the tank next to us blew up, and it killed my brother. Ooh. So, uh, and so after that, I kind of shut that down and decided I wasn't doing that no more. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's... You know, it's been a long process, but we're getting through it. Yeah, yeah, that, that's been ugly. And that's yeah. probably about the time I met you, wasn't it? I think it was 19 when I met you, maybe, when you and Andy started hooking up. Uh, we, uh, Angie and I, yeah, we met around uh, 2018, 19. So, yeah, I had, it hadn't been – I kind of just – that had all happened. I think I met her in 2018, October or something. So I probably met you that Christmas. Right, right. So uh, our first vacation together, uh, we were in Destin, Florida, right? And Roger's a gambler. Tell us your lottery ticket story, Roger. This is a great one. Oh. This is a real good story. So, of course, you know, now Brad puts it off to me like I'm the only gambler in the family. I think he's married <laughs> to a old brunt daughter. I was but, trying to buy a bottle of water, and this center's over there buying $1,000 worth of scratch-off tickets and booze and <laughs> condoms and porno. Uh, store and of course we started with scratch off so i bought a book of scratch off but well, hold on you got it how much is in a book right like the 20 dollar book or like they, were, they were did you mean to say no, a roll no i bought i bought 300 tickets 300 which is a book uh i can't remember if they were dollars or twos i can't remember now but, but there's a science so, behind it you had a science that if i buy this much we're guaranteed to have this many winners yeah well, of course, I dig into everything a little bit overboard, of course. But I, <laughs> if you look at the lottery odds, one out of every 50 is a $10 ticket, one out of so many. So I thought if you buy a book, you know, I think it was like one out of 200, you're going to win like a $500 ticket or something. So we bought the book with that, you know, that no-lose theory that don't – if anybody's listening here, don't use that as financial advice. But <laughs> – but we bought those books, and we all took, so as you know, 300 tickets takes a while to scratch off. So there's about 4,000 marshals, so it's pretty easy. You there's know, some we, breeders. Yeah. So we took, a, took, all of us took a handful and started scratching them off, and and uh, we got pretty deep. We'd win a few here and there, but old Matt, I think it was Keith, wasn't it? KR. Yep. He scratched one off and said, man, I got a winner here. We won it. It was a... Eleven hundred dollar winner, I think. Brad I thought it was ten thousand. I can't remember. I could have been a million. It, it was the top prize of whatever the the scratch off was. It might have been ten thousand. I, I really think it was ten. Okay, so it was the that was the top prize, and what it was was it was seven eleven or twenty one, wasn't it? Seven eleven. The scratch off was seven. You had to get seven eleven twenty one. Yeah. And he said, "Man, I got a winner. We got we hit it. We hit the big one." So. Of course, we all were fired up. We looked at it. Everyone yep. said, yep, it's the winner. So I called the lottery commission. They said, well, you got to drive. They wouldn't cash it in. Remember, we, they wouldn't cash it in at the convenience store. Yeah. And had to go to like three hours away to the lottery store, or lottery headquarters, to cash it in. So 
of course, we flew down there, no cars, so I had to go rent a Jeep with 300 bucks to go collect my 10000 So I get up there, we, me and Angie drive two and a half hours. A lot of, <laughs> and of course, we have probably 15 or 20 tickets that we think the winners, you know, I have a whole handful. But of course, the big one's the one I take up there first and hand it to the little old gal. Of course, we're all fired up. And she looks at it and looks back at me and then she hands it back and says, it's not a winner. And I was like, what? <laughs> and what happened was he didn't scratch it all the way. So the number was 711. It was like 710 or something. I don't know. But we had all convinced it was a winner. And so damn so Yeah. As, as, as you guys all, well, back to the story before I get a little ahead of myself. When I won the 10000 of course, I go buy four other books because I'm playing on their money now. <laughs> Remember, Brad? I oh, yeah. Because I think we went to the shop and said, hey, can you cash this in? Oh, no, we can't do one that big. You got to go to the office. Well, okay, well, go ahead and give me everything you got for tickets now. And so then we spent the whole next day peeling scratch-offs. Our fingers are all brown and gray. Yeah, I was on house money until – but the moral of that story was I got all the way there and it wasn't a winner. Then I was so ashamed I didn't even cash in the rest of the ticket. <laughs> yeah. I bet it was a long ride home with old Angie. Oh, yeah. Well, it was even worse because you fuckers never let me hear it down. <laughs> T-shirt made with that fucker on it. You know, as much laugh. But he's so. absolutely right. We all looked at it like, hey, great job. We're all high-fiving. Oh, good job, Roger. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, nobody paid attention to the rules. No, but no one actually read the back of the ticket. Well, and it's KR's fault, if anything. Oh yeah, we we well, believe me, we tried to blame it on everybody in the world, but it didn't work. <laughs> uh, uh, was that the one we were all in that uh, condo? There was like twenty of us all staying in the same house because, like he said, our wives have a big family, or his girlfriend, my wife. But uh, we got a couple's massage that weekend, didn't we? Not me and you, but all the couples. Oh, old rub and tug. Well, uh, no. Go ahead, Roger. No, go ahead, Brad. You tell us. Well, so Roger hires. This uh, is a pretty damning story if neither one of you want to tell. Roger it. hires a male escort and his pimp to come with him <laughs> to come do a rub and tug at the house. And so they set up in the master suite upstairs. They set some candles up, and all the couples take turns going up there. So Keith and Sandy went up first, which are in law parent, grandparent, parents, I guess. And then there's five couples there, so we all take turns going up. And then me and my wife get up there, and uh, I said, well, Jess, I said, will you take the girl? Because I don't want some woman rubbing all up on me while my wife's laying right there, period, because I love my wife. And so Jess is over there getting the rub down, and I'm getting the rub down from her husband, from this girl's husband. And he comes around doing my shoulders, and he's like, oh, is that too hard? And he's standing at my head rubbing my shoulders and moves down my spine and as he gets by my tailbone he's bouncing his dong off the top of my head is that too hard and yeah yeah a little much a little much and that, that's the last massage i ever had yeah that he went back two more times during that trip <laughs> yeah i kept going to help brad at oh he's he's down getting the side he's out <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i spent the whole time looking at my wife i'm looking over her and like and she's looking at me, my eyes get real big, and he's donk like a mic, like, boom, <laughs> bouncing on my forehead. Yeah, I don't, I don't think massages are that much fun. They're not? Okay. So I don't know. pretty happy that whole trip after that. <laughs> well, we, I think we went fishing the next day, didn't we? 
Yeah, we went we went deep sea fishing and had, had a pretty good time. Oh, we did. We caught some fish that time. Actually, that's probably no, the only. No, we didn't. We did. Well, you didn't catch shit. I didn't. Me and Matt didn't catch a fish. <laughs> I, I saw that same boat down there last week, the Hunter Proof. Did you yep. guys catch anything? Oh, yeah. Caden caught a damn seven-foot shark. Yep. Yeah, it was a good fight. It was a good fight. So, anyway, that, that's 2018. What, what, oh, I, we got off this track there, Frank. Oh, so we hit... Uh... Uh, dick to the face dick to the face the uh, lotto story yep which was great uh, i'd like to mention that brad had uh balls on his chin one more time forehead uh and i heard it differently and then uh and then i think we're cut up so yeah 2018 what's going on yep where are you at after 18 roger post 18 let's see 18 i've actually just been here on the marshall calm down for since <laughs> well so permitted, a pick furled in like a tick. Uh, Roger ended up with this sweet boat. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah, got. Brad a, was telling me about this. He's boat. got a great wakeboard boat, and uh, he was gracious enough to take us out on down the Ozarks. And uh, we're down there. And one of the locals says, "Hey, everybody down here has got a Cadillac. This damn thing's a Lamborghini. It's a it's a sweet looking boat. There's it's one of a kind." And we were at this bar one night, about 7 o'clock at night, wasn't it, Roger, and those pool boys or the dock boys jumped in with us? Yeah, yeah. So we pull up at the we, – we did a poker run that day. Yeah. So we bar hopped all day long, and uh, and, the, and the boat's a Pavati, so if people are listening, it is a, it is a really sweet boat. Uh, so we had a good time. We went, and some uh, dock kids – well, one of Brad's friends, uh, you guys may – I don't even know what – Yep, Todd Bentley. Is. I Bentley boy wanted to, to surf behind the boat, so we went and we were collecting our poker winning. Remember, seven hundred uh, bucks. Seven hundred bucks, yeah. So from the poker run, but anyway, uh, we pull up at the the dock. The dock boys that uh, we're gonna undock us. They wanted. They were all ooing and all over the boat. So we went to go back out and take Bentley's boy surfing, and the dock boys were like, "Hey, can we go?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm good with you guys going." They literally jumped off, quit their job. Both of them swim out to the boat and go go yeah. wake surfing. We were out in the canal and they jumped off and swam out to us and like, "You gonna get fired?" I don't know, but it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> so tell so, us again how you transported miners across a lake. <laughs> no, they, they were at least twenty one. Had to maybe twenty. One of them was a big old meathead. He was a looked like a freaking linebacker. I'm sure Jess is still probably got that visual image in her head. Yeah, him, remember? Yeah. Yeah, he was a big fella. The big guy. I had, I had put salt in my boat because it looked like slugs had been in there the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, too much. Too much, Roger. This is not that kind of show. This is a family oh, show. Finally get an X-rated episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, we had a good time. We're out with those boys, and they started drinking, drinking White Claws and wine coolers, and they were having the time of their life. And oh, yeah, they sound 21. Yeah, having a ball. Uh, well, we knew it was bad when we asked him what music, remember, and he said Nicki Minaj. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. He, he kind of reminded me of uh, uh, Biodome with the, uh, was it Kilmer? Pauly Shore and uh, one of the, the brothers. Baldwins. Baldwins. Yeah. yeah, he looked like that Baldwin. Whoa, oh, yeah. dude. Uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway. Brad, you that, aren't you? What's that? Brad, why, do, why do we have to bring him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, big fucker. Quit looking at me. <laughs> Should have waited till they got like 10 feet away from the boat and then just took off. <laughs> Two miles from their office or their, their bar. But we got back and the lady's like, where you guys been? And like, oh, we were helping this guy. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, that was good. We had a good time. Brad got Brad about got got us in trouble. Jumped off the front of the boat just about. Oh well, I I had a few chardonnays. Uh, I was leaning off the front of the boat and I had my hand in the water because we weren't planed out, so we we're going pretty slow. Yeah. And uh, the the water cops come up and pulled us over and we're like, oh fuck! And he's like, hey, you can't be hanging off up there, which makes sense. So you don't get oh, run yeah. over. But um, we got away a while, a little while later, and the girls were on back of the boat, and he pulled us over for the same thing because the girls were sitting on back of the boat. I think he just yeah. wanted to talk to the ladies because they yeah. were they were looking sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Roger, so what what else you got? Tell us the story. Tell us something that'll make us laugh, make some memories here on uh, one more, and we all go. Well, I, I mean, I'm I'm so out of. I mean, I don't have much funny stories other than just you know hanging out with the marshal. I mean, you know, actually, life on the compound is 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 pretty adventurous. You know, week to week out here. So, yeah. how did you come across to be friends with one of the biggest names in music? Oh, Aaron Lund? Yeah. So, Aaron, oh, that old guy? Oh, that guy? Oh, A-Train? Back to the hunting industry, actually. Aaron, uh... He liked your bone sauce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I scored yeah, it that, myself. The, the bone sauce brings everybody out of it. You know, rock <laughs> right. <stars. laughs> But no, uh, when I was in the hunting industry, a buddy of mine did some filming, uh, hunting shows, stuff like that. He actually filmed for a show called um, On the Road, and, and Aaron Lewis was one of the hosts on that. And so, they, and he also did some Drury outdoor hunting stuff and stuff. But so he came and hunted with us um, a couple times, and we just became friends. And and he and Aaron's a good guy, but we now you know we still stay in touch some, and we go to his concerts and. But it, that's how I met him was just through the hunting industry. Yeah, yeah, pretty nice guy. You can be honest; it, it don't matter. Nobody's listening. Uh, he, he's a he is a good guy. He's a, you know, Aaron. He likes the weed and he likes the women. You know, so yep. that, 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 super good guy down to earth. Just you know, he's he's he, he, Aaron. You know, he's not gonna uh, cut pull punches by nobody. Right, right, right on, right on. Well, Frank, what what questions you got for Roger? I, I've been hogging all the mic space here. I apologize. No, I uh, I appreciate it. So I got to know how did you get involved with the the Marshall Clan? I know you're you're with uh, Angie, but uh, how'd you uh, how'd you snag that dime? Tinder, carry on. Oh yeah, was it really? Well, <laughs> I don't know. I'm actually a really good salesman. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you want to buy this meat in installments? Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> by the end. So, <laughs> no, it all started. Angie, we were at the OSU tailgate, one of the football games, and Angie was uh, worked the wiener cart, believe it or not, talking about sales. She was working a little thing called wiener cart, and she had a shirt called wiener slinger on it. So a uh, buddy of mine, uh, John Hicks, had and his wife and uh, Tammy knew Angie, and their kids played ball together. And so we went up uh, to buy some hot dogs and beer from – the wiener slinger and angie didn't really like me back then you know she didn't she she didn't have no she just knew knew of me didn't know of you know didn't know me so i was trying to you know put my smooge on to you know to get to know her a little better and so i told her i can sell more if i sell more hot dogs than you you know i get to go out on a date with you so that was the deal so, but she didn't know this, but I went down and I seen a bunch of my buddies in the crowd. I give them all hundred dollar bills and I said, "Go up there and buy a fucking hundred dollars worth of hot dogs and tell them it's from Roger." <laughs> so, of course, I you know it cost me about four hundred dollars to eight, and, and you know so, but it worked. You know, I mean, I I still fool her after that. You know, she still thinks I'm a salesman anyway. And you you've been paying for it ever since. 
paying ever since. Yeah, that three dollars was just a drop in the bucket. Yeah, if you'd have ran away then, it'd have been the best investment ever. <laughs> I made a pretty ass of myself that day. I'm surprised he kept me around. I tell you what, uh, one story that I wasn't involved in at all, but uh, it was sometime between the wiener slinging and the kids on the boat we abducted. Are you talking about the massage again, the wiener slinger? No, nope, no, nope, different, different wiener slinger. Okay, okay, okay. But uh, was have you ever perhaps been in a fight in a cigar bar topless? Oh, well, yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> oh, God damn it, I got to hear this one. Our Marshall fucking brother-in-law, Jake. See, this This is Jake's fault. So, no, we, we all go to the cigar bar, which is a neat little bar here in town, and, you know, one of Jake's favorite hangouts. And we, uh, of course, we hit it pretty hard all night. We were all buddies. For somehow, we started off just drinking and, and carrying on and, and one I don't somehow we ended up in our underwear we were in the underwear in the bar and oh, I didn't know you had your pants off oh yeah yeah that's Frank, what shut it down right now yeah this is yeah this is too much the moral of this story was though we were we were so good at buddies we were all in our underwear you know like 15 minutes before the brawl but giving uh, each other massages yeah we, we were talking about brad you know <laughs> <laughs> but now i i said something that offended the kid evidently uh while we were in our underwear he took offense of it and then of course you know me and my drunken stupor we 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 kind of roll around on the back patio and get through out of the cigar bar and that didn't go over real well so is it hard to wrestle a guy with a boner yeah, I mean, it's, it, you know, well, you know, some, when you got short arms like mine, he thinks you're hitting him with three. You know, you're like, <laughs> hey, Jake right there. And I mean, you can't have more of a backup than Jake, you know. He, yeah, Jake he's, likes to scrap, especially yeah. when he's drinking. He's, he's a, he's a, him and I are kind of kindred spirits, but he's, he's a little, he's more uh, amped up than I am nowadays. I'm getting old. He's Brad, a bad influence. Well, you didn't even ask me, you know, something that I figured you'd ask me about me owning the strip club. See, I, you didn't. Oh, I forgot all what? about that. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, so I forgot about that. I, I didn't forget, but you were talking about in between. So after. <laughs> talking about in between. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. See, Frank, I told you every time he turns around, there's a new story. <laughs> this is the best. Oh, so, yeah. I, I did dabble in that a little bit. I, I owned a strip club for about two years. And that was just to. Uh, you know, you know how that, like I said, I was going to open nine out, you know, 10, nine out of 10 small businesses fail. I'm going to try, you know, so. So you paid the bills in inches. So how, how, how'd you do it? Were you just, did you just do a toe in or did you dive in head first? I went, I go all in. So. <laughs> oh yeah, he does. <laughs> I don't, I don't dabble in anything. I figure hell if, if I'm going to hit it, I'm going to hit it hard. But no, I, a buddy of mine actually owned one in Vegas and he kind of talked to me about it and he was like, man, there, and there wasn't one here in Stillwater at that time, <clears throat> whether it was, but off and on. So I opened one up uh, just not too far from the Marshall clan here and had it a couple of years. And, and it, it, it opened my eyes to a whole different, uh, you know, I actually gained, a, you know, people always ask me about it, but I gained a lot of respect. It's kind of like herding cats, you know, at Tripoli, but, but it, it's not, uh, it's not all it's said to be, you know, the girls have a hard time with it, but. Yeah. You think, yeah, their dads don't love them. So that sucks. <laughs> a lot of you know, a funny story. I'll go to one little story with the strip club, and you guys will have. So, we had a an issue there where they would always bring in, you know, drugs or what, you know, whatever they needed to cope with the issue. 
so we we'd search search their bags and stuff. Well, they're pretty slick, so they would hide stuff in their hoods, and hoodies. So they got this not the clitoral uh, hood. Yeah, they would uh, that stuff you spray off the compressed air. So they snort that shit. I, you know, I don't know what the theory of that is, but they did it to get high. So this old girl had snuck some in and took a big old hit of it in the bathroom. And when they called her name to come out and get on the pole, she was kind of out of it. Well, she got up there on the pole and she passed out. And when she hit the hit the dance floor, her fucking teeth flew out of her head. <laughs> oh, she had dentures or her real teeth? <laughs> she had dentures. She didn't have a tooth in her head. And so the old bouncer went over and put him in the cup. And they hauled her ass out of there because she's passed out. Well, a couple of days later, she come in to get her check, and they were like, "Hey, your teeth are up there on the bar." And she's like, "Oh, those ain't my teeth." We're like, "Oh yeah, they're your teeth." <laughs> it really sounds like a classy joint the yeah. more you talk about it, Raj. It was. It was. I mean, you know, not only can you get you get anything in there, but no, it really was. It was. It was called Meerkat. I was going to say, was it called Rogers Bottom Rung? Oh, it was called Meerkats. Actually, uh, Meerkat. <laughs> You ever seen Porky's? It was just like just that. Just like Porky's. Uh, it was funny, but it was it was an interesting. That was another one of my little bot lessons. I, I had that for a couple of years. It did pretty good at first, and then like anything else, it just kind of. Did you, know, you did you think about hiring strippers with teeth? Yeah, I did. I wasn't really in on the interview process. I never could get past the, you know the first you know couple once you take the top off, you're hired. You know, there <laughs> <laughs> you go. Take your shirt off. I mean, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> All right. Maybe you should have specified the check uh, on the the application. Uh, what part you wanted to be fake? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that yeah. would have been. That, hey, maybe we need to, to put the application together, and you and Brad can help me out. <laughs> uh, we can we can sure sponsor it. I suppose. Yeah, Meerkat too. Uh, no, but that was an interesting time too. But another one of those bought lessons. I, uh, I I I learned from it. Well, so one of our first double dates with Roger. We go drinking out at night. We had our we had our clothes, pants on, everything. It wasn't like the cigar bar. We end up at breakfast at IHOP, and we're on an Uber on the ride home. And Jake says, because we'd all heard the rumor that maybe Roger owned a titty bar. Yep. And uh, Jake says from the front of the Uber, Roger, what was the deal with you and that titty bar? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, he really said it. He really said it. Because <laughs> I think that was the first time we met, wasn't it? Probably. Well, that, you know, yeah, that might have been. I, there was a... Uh... You know that first, probably that first six months. So you know, I I was I was the outcast here. So it, now I, now I'm loved, but you know it's oh it, there, it, there's it, no outcast in Marshall Clan. Yeah, well it, that's true. I, I believe that now. Well, well, good. Well, I I don't know what else, what am I, am I missing? Any other ventures? Did you own a gold mine? Did you did you do anything else exciting that we really need to know about? Because I'm honestly on the edge of my seat, Roger. Because every time I talk to you, I learn something new. Yeah. You rescue well, an orphanage or what? Oh, not yet. I mean, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> it's on the list. We've got a cat, you know, a cat salvage here. I mean, if you want me, I can show you. <laughs> oh, so uh, yeah. That's... Speaking of cats, have you ever had a bad instance with a cat in upholstery? Well, I was just looking at that forty-five hundred dollar cat walking across the yard. As we were oh, geez. Well, so you... the cat. We had a cat get in the the shop, and he he decided to make one of the boat seats his bed and forty five hundred dollars later we we had to repair it so put new upholstery in the back half of his boat the whole back half and they we got up there and poked holes all in it you know how they'll do that with their claws but i was just trying to keep up with brad's dark cat so that was the the thing yeah 
Yeah, yeah. My wife spent a fair amount of money on a cat that ate a Nerf dart. I've never heard that story, Brad. Uh, it's too embarrassing to tell you. I have to ask her whenever she comes on with us. I'm ashamed. Simon, thank God he's healthy, though. He's out there charging around right now. <laughs> never. This is the best. I've Yeah. No. Thank you so much for including me on this podcast, Brad. This is so much fun. Well, I, I, we don't we don't have to talk with people like Roger. They just lead it on themselves. We've been yeah. here for, what, 40 minutes now, and we haven't said shit. Roger just lets it fly. But I, I, I don't know if I have any other questions, Roger. I mean, if you don't have any more good data, I guess we're done with you. What, what's the next venture that you're going for? Well, you know, my ice, my ice thing. Oh, yeah. I build my son and I just started doing a little on our business of ourselves, kind of same thing I was doing. We worked on ATMs and do bank security stuff. But I have my eye still probably my next venture, you know, other than being a corn farmer for Brad, I might come up there and run the tractor. Hey, this fall is looking good. I, I'm no, I'm down in employees. Everybody, I'm real hard ass to work for, evidently. Uh, I lasted one day. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't good, Frank. <laughs> you guys are still friends, so it must not have been that bad. Oh, that was 20 years ago, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it was been, it's been a while. It's This is actually a rekindling of well, he, old Well, he got lost in one section, and he... He couldn't find his way to the field, and he's just wandering around because he he was too embarrassed and to call for help. It wasn't even Brad. It wasn't a, a Brad ideal. It was his brother, who gave the shittiest directions ever. Huge dick. Oh yeah, go go towards that star, and then when you get past a cemetery that has a marker of Baker on it in the third row, take a left, and then take another left, and then take another left, and then take another left. Yeah. So just go straight, or or what's going on? Uh, well, you, you'll see Baker, and you'll know what what's going on. Yeah, he's not big on hand holding. No, no, he's just get here, fucker. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but no, Roger, I, I appreciate your time. If, if there's nothing else you want to share, or think we need to know about it. I I guess I really appreciate you being on yeah. with us. Oh, I enjoyed it. It was fun. I'll have to we'll check back in. We'll do it again. That sounds great, Roger. We appreciate having you. Absolutely, Roger. It was, it was great to meet you. You too, buddy. Take care. All right. This has been One More and We All Go. And uh, you can follow us uh, on uh, Facebook. We do have a Facebook page, Brad. I do believe. And then uh, also you can get new episodes every Sunday on Apple uh, Podcast and uh, Spotify. Thanks for listening. Thank you.